Hey there, my name is Irvin. I'm John. And I'm Kyle. And this is The Theology Podcast. Today, we're talking about the idea of the Shema as found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, specifically verses 4 through 9. So we read, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Yeah, so we're talking about how this passage is one of the central passages of Jewish scripture and theology and how they often refer to it just as Shema because that's the Hebrew word for hear or listen, which is the first word in this passage in verse four. So the question is, as we look at this passage, what's the takeaway about what we learn from God? Well, the first one that comes to mind is just that God has something to say that is worth listening to. It is a word that we are trying to listen and glimpse and gaze into a God who is supposed to be the fiber of our being. And it sounds like we are being called to love Him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, just everything that we have because He is the source of all those things. Yeah, and also the commandments that come after that, you know, how we are supposed to teach all these things to our children, to talk to them when we sit down, when we walk, when we lie down, and when we rise. Um, we're supposed to bind them on our hands, our eyes, doorposts of our house and the gates. I think all these also point to how our God, Yahweh, is meant to be our everything. And that's why it ties in nicely, parallels what is in verse 5 about how we are called to love Yahweh, our God, with all our heart, our soul, and our might. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And you think about the scriptures and you think about previously places where God says things like, I am a jealous God, or you shall have no other gods before me. Like God wants to be very involved with his people. He wants to be have an intimate relation with them. He wants to be present in their lives and every aspect of their lives. He's not just a God that's up in space somewhere, somewhere in the universe, and he speaks and things like come into existence. And then he just kind of backs off and lives in the background for the rest of eternity while humans like scramble around trying to offer sacrifices and, and give him their worship. God wants to be present. He wants to be in the midst of his people. And I think that that we kind of pick up on that in the way that he describes his intentions for his people to keep these things central to their heart from the inside and also within their community, the way that they talk about it all the time. Uh, teach it to your children. Always be talking about me is what God's trying to say. Don't forget about me. Uh, know that I'm here, I'm speaking to you, and I want you to listen. And I want you to notice my presence around you. Perhaps that's what he means when he says that Yahweh is one. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that's core to the theology. And, you know, there's a lot of different passages that we could take in that direction as far as why God is the only one in contrast to all the, you know, all the gods of, of Egypt for the Israelites. They had just come out of Egypt and this pantheon of all these different gods that they serve. The Canaanite religions were a lot of the same thing, just different gods for different things. And we see that even today in the way that, you know, many polytheistic societies, they have multiples of gods or even just, you know, spirits. Like I want to have good fortune in my business. And so I'm going to pray to this one specific spirit of fortune to bless me or my family. Very prevalent in a lot of societies today, but God is uniquely different from all of those gods. And I think that's what he's trying to share with his people right here. So that brings us to the next part, which is it, most of this passage is really about 
what people are supposed to do? What is our response to God based on what we understand from what we've just read? Yeah, for myself, what I shema from this passage is how God is calling us to honor Him and to respond to Him as the one true God of our lives. I think maybe today in our society, we may encounter many small gods, perhaps at a more subtle level in our daily lives as well, in terms of uh, the work that we do, you know, maybe our different bosses to us, maybe uh, serving them is, is something that's really important. Maybe a sport, a game that you like to play, maybe even our children. All these can become more than the one God that Yahweh is. Yeah, when I'm thinking about what I'm shamayang from this passage, I think I always had this impression, especially of verse 7 onwards, how you were supposed to do all these things, keep talking about it. It sounds kind of laborious yeah. a little bit. It's like, ha, ah, you mean we have to keep talking about this all the time when we're sitting down, when we're standing up, you have to keep talking at the dinner table, even your architecture must be designed around God's word. Sounds and very legalistic. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> on one hand, it, it does sound like that. But the more I think about it, I wonder if this is meant to be God inviting His people to live in a very natural rhythm with Him, almost as natural and easy as it is to to breathe. We don't think about it. It's just something we do wherever we go because that's something we need to do to survive. Another analogy that comes to mind, uh, I mean, some of my earlier memories of you involve you carrying your water bottle, your classic water <laughs> bottle ev everywhere. And it's and it's it's just something that is always with you. And I, I wonder if that can be... Uh, I wonder if that's analogous to how we live our lives with this life give this source of life all around us that we can always see it we can always refer to it whenever we are in need of sustenance so yeah i think that's good uh you know i think another thing that we learn about people from this passage is that we're kind of a forgetful people. Yeah. Um, we easily just take in the things that are around us. And I think God realizes that. And he's very aware that if once the Israelites go into Canaan, they're going to be influenced by the surrounding cultures, by the, by the gods around them. And he's trying to put stop gaps into place to make sure that they are protected from that, to make sure that they are set apart and they're holy. And he wants them to remember him. Uh, and like what you said, it's not a laborious, legalistic type of a way, but it's a way that they be he becomes a part of their conversations on a daily basis because he's present with them, because he's there with them. And they need these subtle reminders in a variety of ways. And so I think it's interesting that God says, talk about it to your kids and talk about it when you're, you know, when you lie down and when you get up and when you're on the road, talk about it, talk about me all the time. And I don't think it's so much of like, hey, let me recite to you some commands from, from Leviticus. <laughs> I mean, that would be terrible yeah. uh, if, if John just came into the office and said, hey, well, maybe we do that, you know, but he's, <laughs> he's reciting, hey, look, guess what I heard in Leviticus today? But what if, what if our conversations at home around our dinner table gravitated more towards, you know, what is God teaching you today? Or what is God challenging you with today? And, and we bring God into the conversation of what's going on at our workplace or what's going on at our school. And he's become more of the conversation and we recognize his place in our story and in our lives as a part of that. You know, so when he says, bind it on your hands, uh, you know, is, is there a reminder in place for me for everything that I do when I put my hands on the keyboard to be mm -hmm. careful of what, mm -hmm. I'm, what I'm doing on my computer? Yeah. Uh, or where I'm sending text messages or what kinds of things I'm putting out on social media? Are mm. there reminders for me in place to remember that I'm a person of God? I am a Shema person and 
and I need to be listening to what God is instructing me to do. Same thing with our foreheads, you know? Can people see God approaching when they see me coming? Because it's like <laughs> yeah, someone had taken right? a pen or a marker and written it on my head, <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a Shema person. I'm a person mm. who hears God. Uh, and they see that when they're coming. And I think that's kind of the idea. It starts from the inside out, but then you also have the doorposts and you have the gates out front. Well, the doorposts, when we invite people into our house, visitors, guests, they should know that this is a house of God. This is this mm. place has people who shema, people who listen and present God's shalom, God's peace. Mm. Uh, and, and then even on the outside, as people walk by, they should recognize, oh, that house in that street or on that block, that person is a God follower. Just by the very presence of that house being there, it represents the image of God in that community. Now, what does that mean for us? Do we need to go out to the closest Christian bookstore and buy a plaque that has some sort of scripture on it? Maybe, I don't know. But we need to think about those things and what is it that we put into place that reminds us of God to keep mm. God present in our conversations day in and day out so mm. that he does become the very essence of our being in and out. So as we start a new week together, let us be mindful that the habits that we practice day in and day out form us. The scriptures we read form us and the thoughts in our hearts form us as well. And may we be formed to be a people who Shema. That's all we have for this week on the Theology Podcast. See you next week.